Welcome to Jerusalem Studio Podcast. Join us to discuss the latest updates from Israel and the region. Shalom and welcome to Jerusalem Studio. When a week ago or so, Israeli media reported that Mossad foiled Iranian assassination and abduction plots in Africa. It was a reminder of the extent and persistence of the shadow war waged between the Revolutionary Guards Quds Force and its Israeli and Western adversaries. It is definitely a mutual exchange of blows played out in Syria, Iraq, the high seas and numerous cities around the world by units, squads, proxies, planes, missiles and drones. Up to now, these seemed more needle pricks than hammer blows, but if they cause extensive or collateral casualties, this war may leave the shadows and escalate out into the open, with spiraling attributions and retributions. To analyze this topic, we're joined from Istanbul, Turkey by retired Brigadier General Mark Kimmett, who is the former U.S. Assistant Secretary of State for Political and Military Affairs. Thank you for joining us, sir. Certainly. Also joining us from Central Israel is Brigadier General in Reserve Yossi Kupelvasel, who is the Project Director on Middle East Developments at the Jerusalem Center for Public Affairs. Thank you for having me. And with me here at the studio is our TV7 editor-at-large and host of Watchmen Talk and Powers in Play, Mr. Amir Oren. Amir, give us a broader understanding on the latest developments pertaining to this unending war between Iran on the one hand and, of course, Israel, the United States, and other Western partners and allies that are contending with the threat. So we all remember that over the last uh, century, there were periods of undeclared wars, especially in the Atlantic, the uh, submarines versus the uh, Manchet Marine convoys, uh, undeclared wars or phony wars. Um, before uh, these wars uh, uh, escalated um, into uh, real uh, exchanges uh, of blows. Uh, in our century now, uh, we are talking about the gray zone, about uh, um, operations uh, other than war or less than uh, war. And this seems to be the case now. There is um, uh, no interest on either Israel's part or Iran's to um, uh, declare war between the countries, uh, go full scale, mobilize, and therefore, up to now, it's uh, in the shadows, uh, pinpricks, intelligence, assassinations, sometimes uh, drone attacks. And you must uh, add to that what happened uh, in Iraq um, uh, a week or so uh, ago uh, with the attack on Prime Minister Kazimi's uh, residence, which um, initially uh, went... Um, unattributed, but according to all indications, uh, was conducted uh, in a typical Iranian militia, Iranian uh, proxy um, uh, pattern. Um, so the Levant, that is the Syrian-Iraqi border area, is one such sector where not only Israel um, is acting against um, the Iranians and their um, uh, proxies, but also the United States and perhaps other coalition members. And as you said, the maritime domain uh, is one where drones uh, all of a sudden um, 
keep attacking uh, shipping. This is uh, the situation as we have it uh, right now, but it could again uh, escalate in other sectors as well. Indeed. Well, I'd like to actually start with General Kimmett with regard to uh, the fact that over the past several years, there have been numerous attacks by Iranian proxy militias uh, that have been targeting directly both U.S. troops as well as uh, coalition forces from other Western countries, from Australia, and, and uh, beyond that, of course, beyond the attacks that are uh, attributed to Iran against Israeli targets, which have also uh, taken uh, place on multiple occasions. But when we were really looking at the various intelligence reports and, and uh, Burns and uh, or CIA Director Burns in his public uh, uh uh, statement uh, in the Senate hearing uh, did refer to Iraq as the the main battleground, if you will, between the United States and its Western allies and partners uh, against the Islamic Republic of Iran. Do you see this currently manifesting itself in the latest developments uh, in which we see additional uh, efforts by the Islamic Republic to utilize uh, unmanned aerial vehicles uh, or one-way unmanned uh, aerial vehicles that are uh, supposedly called uh, the suicide drones being utilized time and again against U.S. troops, even though the Pentagon does not necessarily uh, attribute these attacks to Iran immediately and, and rather plays down those attacks in order to avoid an escalation. How do you see that? Well, first of all, Bill Burr a friend of mine, and I think he's uh, understating the threat from Iran. Uh, he and I served together, and he certainly understands that the Iranian threat is not one of an arc of instability through the region, but it's actually an encirclement. We see Iran and its proxy elements in Iraq. We see them in Syria. We see them in southern Lebanon. We see them in Yemen. Uh, so their reach is far beyond uh, what was suggested by Bill Burns. Uh, and if you talk about their activities, not only in Iraq, but also in the Persian Gulf, especially of late, you'll see that they're really developing a capability. But I do agree that they are trying to keep this in the gray zone. As for the American troops, uh, we have a small number remaining in Iraq, and they're under constant threat, either through rockets or through drones uh, being sent by uh, Iranian proxies inside of Iraq, Saba al-Haq and groups as such, uh, but they quickly go into deniability. Indeed. Uh, General Kupilvasil, from an Israeli perspective, obviously coordination with the Americans and cooperation with uh, uh, the Americans has been widespread over the years. Do you see this currently also happening on the ground uh, with regard to dealing with the Iranian threat? And to what degree is this truly uh, manifested currently uh, in the multiple regions that the Iranians have such significant influence in? Sure, there is exchange of information as the Americans about this topic. And uh, there might be some sort of uh, an operational uh, coordination Especially as Israel is working, is uh, operating uh, very intensively in uh, Syria, where American troops are located. But uh, that being the, uh, said, I think there is a big difference between the way Israel sees the situation and between the way the Americans see it. Israel is fully aware of the need to do something about it. Israel does a lot of things about it all the time. 
uh, efforts that Iranians uh, put in order to hit the Israeli targets are not new and uh, they have been with us for, for many years. And Israel enjoys uh, the intelligence uh, dominance, intelligence capabilities that uh, enable it to thwart most of, most of its cases. Not all of them, but almost all of them were thwarted on time. Uh, what we see now in, in Syria is that Israel has uh, accelerated its activities in order to prevent Iran from delivering weapons to Hezbollah. And uh, whereas the United States, even though in one case admitted that it was Iranians that uh, attacked its uh, base in Tanz, uh, is not uh, ready to call uh, the, the spade a spade. And uh, that's uh, something very problematic because when it uh, adds up and we, we see the accumulation of so many cases like that, the lesson learned by the Iranians is that uh, there's nobody home. We shouldn't worry about America. Uh, and I'm, I'm very concerned about that. It's totally the, it's exactly the opposite of what Israel is doing. Uh, if after the Iranians uh, started enriching uranium to 60% and uh, producing uranium metal and all of that, it was, there was no answer on the nuclear realm. Uh, now, uh, attacking Kazemi, you see the, the United States president uh, speaking harshly on, on that matter, but doesn't uh, blame Iran for that. Who else can do that? It's, uh, uh, it's, it's obviously that uh, forces that are connected with Iran were behind it. And uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, when the Iranians look at it, what I'm worried is that when they sit in their uh, cabinet meeting around uh, Khamenei and uh, say, well, should we actually go back to this wonderful deal that we are offered by the Americans, uh, the, the nuclear deal, or actually run to a bomb uh, because we are so close, more voices will be heard around the table calling for uh, moving forward because between us, they will say, there's not going to be any response. And you know, I, I've been to Washington uh, two weeks ago and what I heard from everybody was not what the United States should do, but everybody was telling me, look, you're on your own and you should do what you need to do because uh, nobody else is going to do it. This is very alarming indeed, uh, Colonel, K uh, General Kim, excuse me. I I'd like to hear your perspective on this as somebody also uh, served in the Pentagon in, in multiple senior positions, uh, also with regard to the Middle East in particular. Uh, even though when I speak to, to senior practitioners currently in the, in the uh, United States in Washington, they say, Jonathan, not everything that the United States is doing is being reported upon and, and there are things happening behind the scenes, but is it enough? Well, first of all, I, I separate the subject at hand, which is the shadow war being fought by Iran, to the whole nuclear negotiations. They are connected. But on topic here, I think it's unfair to say that the Americans aren't taking notice or taking action against the, the uh, Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps. Obviously, our red line has been, if they kill Americans, we will respond. That's exactly what happened uh, when an American was killed in Iraq. Uh, Soleimani was uh, targeted and attacked uh, inside of Iraq, and there was somewhat of a tit-for-tat. Now, what I'm concerned about more than anything else is, uh, your guess is right, there is a very high tolerance on the part of the Americans before we will take action. What I'm most concerned about, miscalculation and accidents, either on the part of the Iranians or misperception on the part of the Americans, may cause the situation to get out of hand uh, over a small incident. But to suggest that the Americans aren't doing anything, 
uh, I think, is a misunderstanding of what our level of tolerance is. And the red line is, if you kill an American, we will take action. Indeed. Mr. Owen? Uh, there is one positive development, um, which uh, usually uh, one does not uh, see and will not see until and unless there is uh, some campaign, um, some uh, engagement uh, between Iran, Israel, the United States, and perhaps other allies and partners in the region. And that is what happened over the last uh, uh, year or so, ever since Israel was moved from Yukon to CENTCOM. Uh, as long as Israel uh, was uh, in the area of uh, responsibility of the uh, U.S. European Command, it wasn't high priority. Obviously, Yukon, as well as NATO, and it's, uh, of course, dual-headed, the, the commander there, the main problem was Russia and uh, the uh, uh, southern flank of NATO, the Mediterranean, as well as Israel, were a lower priority. But um, now with CENTCOM, we see a heightened uh, schedule of exercises, uh, joint patrols, uh, fifth fleet, uh, participation in the um, Blue Flag Air Force exercise. This is uh, going to bear fruit uh, when the balloon goes up. One cannot see it day to day, but uh, you see the infrastructure being ready. Indeed. I'd like to ask General Kupelwasser about a miscalculation. There's been uh, a, a quite significant aspect, as also General Kimmel just mentioned, uh, with regard to the capacity of one spark uh, inflaming the entire region uh, with regard to this shadow of war. And I, I'd like to ask you in particular, currently there are obviously unidentified or uh, undeclared aircraft uh, that have... Uh, uh, conducted multiple strikes, and the number of strikes are seemingly on the rise in Syria, in Iraq, and elsewhere uh, with regard to Iranian proxy targets, uh, which uh, ultimately are attributed to Israel, but Israel doesn't take responsibility for. Is this something that is uh, going to escalate to a certain degree at some stage? I hear uh, circles in Syria starting to be fatigued from such a situation and hoping to see some sort of retaliation? Are we to expect something like that? Well, there can be escalation, but I wouldn't call it miscalculation. It's, it's, uh, it's the calculation of the Iranians. I mean, if somebody uh, attempts to kill the, the prime minister of Iraq with three drones, this is not a miscalculation. This is a calculation. The, the people who were behind it were uh, planning to kill him. Uh, so he's not an American. I'm not sure, by the way. I'm not sure he doesn't have an American uh, uh, citizenship. But uh, but uh, he, he he was uh, supposed to be killed by now. Uh, so uh, th this is uh, a calculation. The the accelerated shipments of arms to Hezbollah are a calculation. Uh, the the intentions to uh, to have 60 kilograms of uh, 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 60% enriched uranium is calculated uh, intention. It's not by mistake. So this is not a miscalculation. The Iranians are escalating the situation in a calculated manner, not in a, uh, by mistake. Indeed. Mr. Oren? Well, um, as you remember, a week ago, Defense Minister Benny Gantz uh, visited uh, the northern part of Israel 
for various reasons, uh, but he wanted to emphasize Israel's readiness both on the defensive uh, uh, part and as well as uh, going uh, on the attack, uh, on the defense against Hezbollah missiles and rockets, and on the offense against any Iranian attempts to entrench themselves and uh, to challenge Israeli dominance over Syria. And uh, he spoke in uh, no uncertain terms about Israel's insistence on following uh, on with its campaign. It is not going to relent. And uh, Iran was put on notice that uh, such attacks, even though they are undeclared um, uh, specifically, uh, Israel doesn't come out with a spokesman's uh, uh, announcement each time its planes uh, strike a target. But uh, as a general policy, it is uh, well known that Israel is not going to tolerate uh, the Iranian attempts to entrench themselves in Syria and act against Israel therefrom. I'd like to move to another theater, uh, the Maritimes Theater, where we're seeing an increase of uh, attempts by Iran to uh, disrupt and also utilize uh, this uh, uh, theater for propaganda purposes. Uh, we saw, obviously, the, the RGC doing its uh, uh, quite dangerous maneuvers in uh, the Gulf of Oman, where, uh, according to the Pentagon, uh, the RGC attempted to hijack two uh, uh, oil tankers. And then uh, when uh, the U.S. Maritime Force there, uh, the, the task force, arrived to, to observe the area, as the Pentagon stated, uh, the uh, RGC pulled back. However, it managed to hijack one Vietnamese such uh, uh, oil tanker. General Kimmet, how do you view that? No, again, it's it's this issue that we talked about uh, with regards to twofold. Number one, uh, the red line that the United States has drawn with regard to the depth of American soldier, sailor, airman, marine, and number two, uh, the danger of miscalculation. The problem with the Iranians, particularly in the Gulf of Oman and the Persian Gulf, is there won't be an opportunity for deliberate, calculated escalation. Uh, it will become a hot fight and a very large fight uh, in a very short period of time, if, for example, one of those speedboats blows up an American ship inside the Persian Gulf. Uh, so to the extent possible, I think the United States is trying to be uh, very clear with the Iranians with no ambiguity for them to understand where that red line is. And if they cross it, uh, that uh, cabinet meeting that Yossi was talking about will understand and calculate beforehand that the United States' response will not be something small, as was done with Qasem Soleimani, but will be very large uh, and candidly will probably bring the Iranian Navy and the IRGC Navy uh, to a very quick end uh, if the uh, attack on the Americans is large enough. And uh, do you see the Iranians respond to this uh uh, perspective, knowing the American position of such a reality. Of course, history may repeat itself. This already happened back in the 80s. But do they understand the capacity of, of the United States uh, at a moment in time that such a reality may occur where uh, political will won't be factored in in such a decision? Yeah, we certainly have the case. The, the Iranians have demonstrated that they will get, draw and uh, go up to the line uh, and before they cross it, they think very hard about it. 
we talk about what happened to uh, Prime Minister Al-Haggadi last week, um, and it's clear that there was uh, Iranian involvement through their proxies, but there, it's also very clear that the Iranians were uh, a little upset uh, that the situation got out of control. Had al-Hadami been killed in that attack, I think that we would see a much tougher response, uh, not only to uh, the groups, probably Assad al-Haq, that conducted it, but also to their Iranian minders uh, that backed it as well. Indeed. General Kupilvasa? I think the Iranians are playing, of course, the proxy game and trying to uh, be cautious not to uh, force the Americans to act against them. And uh, they learn the rules of the game, and they uh, are very well prepared for a low-intensity conflict they are in their mind, and maybe truly so, even better equipped than the, than the Americans themselves for a low-intensity conflict. And uh, they have better proxies that uh, do their job. And uh, that's, that's what uh, they, they practice all the time, and they know how to do that. Uh, but uh, the, the uh, readiness of everybody in the West to play according to the Iranian rules, allow the Iranians uh, to get what they want. And uh, if they manage to, to play correctly, and they do most of the time, uh, to get away even with almost murder. So it's, uh, that's, uh, that's what I'm worried about. And, uh, and I'm even more worried because this means that in the end of the day, the Iranians will have uh, become very close to becoming a special, special nuclear state and uh, spreading their hegemony over the Middle East. And uh, nobody is really actually stopping it besides Israel. And we have to be more uh, ready to, to take it upon ourselves because that's, that's how the, the game is being played. And we have to play it too, according to its rules. Indeed. Well, Mr. Oren, I'd like to move to a different sector of operations, uh, Africa. We saw there the latest reports with regard to the shadow wars ongoing there between Iran, Israel. Of course, there are also other countries in play, but uh, we won't touch on those. Uh, the Iranians have tried uh, by means of the RGC to recruit or manage to recruit five separate African nationals who then uh, were trained in uh, Lebanon, by means of Hezbollah, and then returned back uh, to their native uh, countries in order to target Israeli installations, Israeli targets, Israeli tourists and business people, uh, something that, thank God, was uh, averted by successful operations, uh, uh, according to reports by the Mossad. Uh, but this is not exclusive to this area. This happened also in Cyprus, where, of course, deliberations are taking place in a court of law uh, against uh, three separate suspects uh, that were incarcerated for trying to assassinate Israeli business people. We see the same in Belgium, but even more so in Belgium uh, when we're talking about Iranian attacks and attempted attacks against Iranian dissidents, if it is in uh, the Belgian court, where the Belgian court ruled, of course, against uh, the Iranian officer uh, from the Iranian embassy in, in Vienna. Uh, and he currently is serving his uh, time in a Belgian prison. What, what can you tell us about that? These are two separate issues, uh, because um, obviously the um, Iranian regime is uh, trying to uh, assassinate uh, what you refer to as dissidents, 
perhaps loyalists of the former regime, uh, especially in France, 40 years ago, Chapeau Bertillard, the, the prime minister, uh, who was, by the way, uh, being readied by some Western intelligence agencies to take over in uh, Tehran. There is another shadow war between the regime and uh, the uh, loyalists uh, of the Shah. And because Israel has managed to assassinate scientists and engineers and others in Iran, but Iran could not do it in Israel proper, uh, it, it tried to, uh, either by its own forces or by uh, uh, Palestinians and others, and failed. It is trying to do it uh, elsewhere. But just to come back uh, for a moment to the uh, earlier point, the Iranians will underestimate both the U.S. Navy and the decision-makers in Washington at their peril. Uh, I'm not saying that the President Biden is aching for a fight, but following Afghanistan and because of the tension regarding Taiwan, the Iranians are going to play into his hands if they give him an opportunity and a context, if not a pretext, to, as General Kimmet said, obliterate the IRGC naval forces. Indeed. Well, we're drawing near to the end of the program, and I'd like to give each and every one of you the opportunity to have a short uh, closing statement. Uh, General Kupelwasser, we'll start with you. Well, I think the shadow war will, will go on, and uh, it is uh, happening all over the world. We saw uh, an event in Cyprus, we saw an event in Africa, we see more events. Uh, all these things are interrelated. We have to understand that uh, it, it, they are all decided by the same people in Iran, and uh, executed by people who take orders from this, these people. So this is all interrelated, including the operations against the opposition in, in Europe. It's uh, related to the same uh, story uh, because it reflects the, their understanding that Europe is not going to do anything really about it. And uh, trying to kidnap Masih Alinijad from uh, the United States, it's, it's all related. And uh, the, the feeling that I'm worried about is not a miscalculation, but a calculation that this is possible. Indeed. General Kimmett? Well, I think we overstate capability and the willingness of the Iranians for fighting outside the gray boundaries. Uh, it's clear they don't have the capability, and I think it's clear that they know it. Uh, but I think we all take the context of where the United States is right now. Uh, the Biden administration is believing that diplomacy is going to not only control the Iranian nuclear program, but their missile program and their malign activities uh, in the region. I think that's naive. I think that uh, it's foolish, in fact. I think we're going to have to make some tough decisions when the Iranians are unwilling uh, to meet the conditions that the United States has uh, set out uh, for those activities, in particular the nuclear program and the Milan activities. And then I think we're going to be in a completely different game. Well, this is all the time that we have for today, so I'd like to thank General Kimmet. General Kupelwessel for being part of today's panel, as well as Mr. Ogan, of course. And I'd like to thank our viewers as well. And we will see you next time. Thank you for joining us in another Jerusalem Studio podcast. For more content on Israel and its region, we invite you to visit our website at tv7israelnews.com and follow us on social media.